Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. We had a slow count into that one. That was not me. I'm 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 pretty quick on the count. Kylie was <clears throat> I just thought I'd try something different. Why? I don't Why like not? I don't like different. Oh really? You, really, really. Mr. Consistency? I don't like different. I don't like change. Oh. I struggle with it. Well, everybody struggles with okay, it. Okay, so leave me alone about it. I was Think just saying. Me. I was just saying. I tried Man, something different. We're, we're twenty nine seconds are, into this episode. And you were already you are, picking on me. You looked at me as I made a comment five minutes ago with such an air of disgust. <laughs> and I mean, like, I don't even remember what you said. But I don't yeah, either. it was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that we were going to ask if you were a tree. What? Yeah. Kind of tree would you be? Or what do you? Are those animals? What I, are, I remember, I remember our earliest, most episodes. We were, we would like fish for that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'd be like, we'd be like towards the end of the episode or the beginning of the episode, we're like googling on our phone, like fun interview questions or whatever. Fun like, icebreakers. <laughs> would you rather? Uh, we've come a long way, haven't we? Would you rather? Those were some bad ones. Yeah, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. So, quick question. Yes. Would you rather? <laughs> Uh, there are some good ones out there. I'm not saying there aren't. Yeah, we didn't have. Them. We just we just didn't dig that deep, did we? We did like first first top three Google searches. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, hey, once again, we have someone, a dear friend, joining we do. us. We do. We I'm do. Excited. A very very dear friend. Are you interviewing, or I mean, are you introducing, or am uh, I? I don't mind introducing him. I would like to. Would you? I I, I would. What if I wanted to? Well, we can. You're and I can one, look at you with an air of one, disgust. One, two, <laughs> no. three, at the same time, Eric, Eric Cox. Cox. <laughs> um, hey, Eric. Hi. So, Eric. Hold on, hold on. Okay. If there is a gift in this guy's life, it is talking. And he and looks so uncomfortable and nervous right now. Talking and looking like Willem Dafoe. That is absolutely 100% true. Yeah. So can you just do, do me one favor? Just say the phrase, I'm something of a scientist myself. I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> um, Eric, uh, part of our community for many, many years. Uh, I remember the first, one of the first times I met you, uh, it was during uh, one of our like Friday night worship events. And uh, he was in the corner here, and you had, like, long, scraggly hair. You looked like you just got out of prison. That's because you had almost just gotten out of prison. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to watch I gotta watch this guy because I don't know what's about to happen. And then, and then later, late, much like a week later, I'm talking to Kylie, and he's like, oh, I think you read a poem that night or something yes, like that. Yes, I remember that. that. And then later, I'm talking to Kylie, and Kylie's telling me about this amazing guy who showed up that he had. He got to have, I think that week, got to have a conversation with you, and I'll let you fill in those details if you want. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You just you had a conversation, and you would tell me how great he was and powerful story and this testimony. He wants to be involved, and I'm like, cool. And then and then I realized, was, I was like, oh, it was that guy. <laughs> totally misjudged him. <laughs> 
And uh, and man, it's been such an honor to get to uh, just walk alongside you for this little bit, right? Uh, literally play alongside you in, in worship and, um, and just see you grow in your craft and your instrument, see you grow as a, as a, as a man, as a man of God, as a father, as a husband again, to, to a great woman, Stephanie, uh, to a leader here, uh, seeing you grow how you teach and preach. I, it's been so cool seeing that. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you on and hang out a little bit. Yeah. Well, Kylie, anything to add? Sorry, no, as, I, no, as, I cut it, off, you, as I cut off our guests yeah, to say, Kylie. Excuse us, Eric. We're going to talk about you and then probably about each other That's fine. and ourselves. And then, No. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you really said it all. I mean, to watch, as I say, in so many of these interviews and the, you know, the, the people that we've come in relationship with and to watch how, watch life transformation take place is just, is it, it just, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me what God does. Yeah. Um, and I said it before, I'll say it again. And it's, it's just uh, a dear, dear brother, you know? Um, and I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad you get to share your testimony. I'm actually surprised we've been doing this how long? Year and a half, almost two years. Almost. And we haven't had Super Saiyan Eric on. That is true. You know, so Eric, super excited you're here. Um, anything you want to say before we? Can? <laughs> um, well, thank you. That was uh, a heck of an introduction. It, it's almost kind of scary actually hearing that because for so long, um, that wasn't my story. Mm. So, so being here is just awesome and wonderful. And I believe, um, that's, that's the gift that, that God has given both of you among many other gifts, but is to be in people's lives as they are, um, coming to the Lord and you helping guide them. You guys have this wonderful, beautiful way of loving on people and um coaching them up bringing them alongside it's just it's it's uh uh from the other seat from the other side um being in the position that i was in um it's amazing to see from that side too mm. just so you know thank you yeah thank we're, you. Pre we're pretty great <laughs> that's that sums it up yeah there's that humility that we're seeking uh so so tell us um wherever you want to start in your story uh, tell us about your story and, and obviously we want to hear, I mean, since you brought that up, I, I would love to hear somewhere down the line, like what, yeah, what your experience was like here or engaged with us and, and, and not from a, we're not looking for pats yeah. on the back. I'm just like, we don't, I have never experienced that perspective. And so I think that would also be helpful, but, but start wherever you want, but what's, what's your story? What's your, what's your life been? Who is Eric Cox? So, um, pretty, I hate to use the word normal, uh, childhood, but I enjoyed sports. You know, I, my mom and dad, um, were married all the way up until my father passed away. So my whole childhood, mom and dad were there. And, um, you know, I enjoyed, uh, um, <laughs> chasing girls very early in my life. Um, had friends, hung out with my friends all the time. 
I played in the in the streets. Um, well, like two or three streets, you know. I, I had a I had a boundary, you know. But but I mean, you know, like wiffle ball, riding bikes, skateboarding, playing football, playing baseball, all the all the normal things. Um, that's that's how it was. Um, but I was also very sensitive. And I think I used my athleticism as a way of being away from dealing with emotions and dealing with um, <laughs> difficult things um, that would come up. And um, then I, in my early teens, I quit playing, maybe, maybe mid-teens, so I'm thinking 16, 17, I quit, quit sports. And I was rebelling. And um, that's when I started smoking marijuana and loved that. I was like, this is, this is great. Uh, this euphoric feeling where you're just focused on how you're feeling in that moment. And something about that feels right. Um, of course, I didn't know that the Lord wants us to be present, but in, but, so you have all these outside things coming at you and you're trying to be present, but you really don't want to be. But now all of a sudden you're just focused on the euphoria of the moment and you're being in the moment, which your body understands as, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be in the moment. So, um, so I really started seeking that and I started, uh, finding ways to be high as much as I could be. And uh, then I started experimenting with situations, and I would be in these situations where I would um, get high, and then and then see how how this experience was, and uh, that lasted for quite a while. Um, I'm skipping way ahead to uh, um, so I was living with a girl. And we were dating for a couple of years, and we were having a really difficult time, and we were getting ready to break up. Ta had talked about breaking up. And um, I get home, and she gives me a card, and I'm thinking, this is, this is it. She's breaking up with me with a card, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I read it, and it started out really nice at the, you know, the, the cover of the card. And I was like, well, this is not going where I thought. And I open it up, and it says, surprise, a baby. Ooh. Yes, that's how I found <laughs> out that. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Yes. Not only were we not breaking up, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I almost, it was like this mixture of uh-oh and relief. Because I knew the right thing for us to do was break up. And not to try to stay together because of a kid, but that's exactly what we did. Mm. That's exactly what we did. And we're trying to live life, you know, like trying to do grown-up things. We bought a house. Of course, we had to borrow money for the down payment, but we bought a house and um, we had a baby. And, and guess what? Eight months later, she's like, I have had enough of this guy. Time for you to go. And, uh, and, that is when uh, my whole world crumbled around me, and I had no idea what to do, how to uh, keep moving forward, and um, I got introduced to cocaine. Um, 
seemed like a good idea at the time, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I and to be honest, it didn't affect me. Like I like you hear stories like oh that cocaine, you know, you just feel like Superman and all these things, and it didn't affect me like that. Well, like I was like, eh, I mean, you know, I feel like I had a little too much caffeine. Not that big of a deal. I was like, it's no big deal. So I wasn't afraid of it at all. And um, things kept getting worse. So then I thought, uh, as my addiction grew, um, I've always been kind of a entrepreneurial minded. I thought, well, I know what I'll do. I'll begin to sell this stuff. That way I can do it for free and I'll be making money. This is, mm. this is great. This is a good idea. This is what I'll do. And, uh, of course, I was getting out of control. And um, then... You, you're never quite sure in the moment when it happens, but all of a sudden, one day you have this realization, you're out of control. Mm. This is, this, you're, you're using more than you're selling. And um, in, that, in that moment, your mindset was to do this, so now you're thinking, now i got to sell more. And so you just want to continue down that path. And it's, it just gets really messy and uh and it and it and I'll, I'll i'll break it down really fast it gets really messy all the way up until you um get caught then everything just stops and you see the wreckage that you've caused and that happened to me i um got arrested with four class a felonies um of dealing narcotics and um And uh, so I, I was really lucky. I should have I should have been in prison for 10 years straight. Um, I should have been given a 20-year sentence and had to serve 10 of those years. Um, that is a mandatory with a Class A felony in the state oh. of Indiana. It was at the time. Now, yeah. they've, they're, now they've changed that. But um, and that's what my attorney told me. And my attorney wanted me to take the plea agreement they offered me, and that's what it was. 20 years, do 10 in prison. And uh, I, I called my mother and I said, probably the, the worst thing that I could have ever said to my mother, and I don't, I don't talk about this, but I will share this right now because it, um, and I said, I need you to get me an attorney and if you don't, you'll probably never see me again. Because there's no way I can do 10 years in prison, you know, uh, which is pretty standard for people like me. We don't want to deal with the consequence mm. of what we created. Mm. And uh, um, and she did. She got me an attorney, a really good attorney. And he got two of the class A's thrown out. Got the other two reduced to B's. They gave me a six-year sentence. They suspended four years of it. And it was a two-do-one sentence. That's amazing mm. that that happened that way. Um, I got out and I had two years that I was supposed to do on house arrest and I wanted to live life right, you know? Mm. Like I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get it done, but I still had that mindset of I was going to do it. Mm. And uh, and I did really good for a while. Um, I got into college. um, was doing really well. I was working full time, graduated at the top of my class. 
uh, met a girl in the middle of that, got married, had two more kids, <laughs> and uh, but I was still a mess. Still very hard to love, very hard to be around, very hard to deal with. I um, um, just had this really aggressive side. And um, so she eventually said the same thing. I've had enough of this guy. It's time for you to go. Mm. And um, so uh, guess what? Everything crumbled again because I still had no foundation. Yeah, wow. My foundation was me. So when I was a mess, guess what? My whole world was a mess. And uh, so I got right back into drugs and got right back into trouble. Um, ended up, ended up the last time I go. Uh, so there's a lot of wreck, wreckage. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm leaving a lot of a lot sure. of stuff out, but if you can imagine, we'll just sum it up like this: thirty years of a dr drug addiction and ruining my life, wrecking my life, destroying everything that was around me. Wow. Um, and the truth is, there were some moments in there where I was clean, but I I I wasn't um, healthy clean. I was just like a dry drunk. I was just off of drugs, and uh, so anyway. I end up, I get, I have, I have four, four charges in two different counties, you know, and, uh, and I'm on the run. I was hiding out in Detroit for a while. I don't know why that makes me feel like I'm cool, but <laughs> <laughs> it's Detroit. It's not yeah. that cool. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so we came back to town, um, and, uh, I, I couldn't go home because I knew they were looking for me and I'm, uh, hanging out at my mom's house, putting all that pressure on her. Of course, she's mm. saying, I'm, I'm not going to tell them that you're here. And I'm thinking to myself, I, look at, look how horrible of a mess I've, I've created. And I, I have my 60-something-year-old um, mother, you know, mm. in, in, in this position of she could get in trouble for har harboring a fugitive. And uh, so anyway, good thing. She was at work. The police show up. I still try to hide all the way up until the last moment uh they knock on the door i jump in the closet you know i'm hiding behind like uh all these uh clothes and uh i hear the police out out there and they're like is eric here and uh my mom's um a widower and and, and her husband died but bless his heart he he says well um he was around here i don't know where he went <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, that's not what you say. <laughs> and uh, so they start searching the house, you know, and he's being totally cooperative. And and uh, and I hear him say, well, he's right there. And I think they're they're bluffing. I'm not moving. And, uh, and then he puts his hand on my leg and he says, come on out. We don't want to have to drag you out. And I, and I did. I came out and they put the cuffs on me. And and uh, I still remember that there was this feeling of relief and uh yeah. like okay now because you when you're on the run sure. it's terrible wow. it's terrible so so they take me to jail and uh interestingly this this guy that arrested me that day has just recently entered back in my life that's a whole nother story but <laughs> but hopefully, uh, hopefully on better terms yeah <laughs> oh yes 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 <laughs> on much better terms and uh so um 
they take me to jail and I'm like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm here. What now? Because the truth is that I was tired of, of, um, running. I was tired of fighting. I was tired of, of everything. I didn't know how to live life. And to be honest, I didn't really want to anymore. Mm. And, uh, so as I did very often, I'm reading the Bible and uh, I'm not really understanding too much, okay? Um, but I want to understand. And uh, this guy, he walks by me. I'm sitting there reading the Bible, and he says, oh, you got some uh, jailhouse religion. And uh, normally that comment would make me pretty angry, somebody thinking that they know who I am. And uh, when he said it, I had this totally different reaction. It surprised me um, that I didn't want to say anything. I just looked at him, I smiled, and I looked back to the Bible. And uh, But the one thing that it that did cause is it caused me to begin to pray. And I, and I had no idea how to pray. I, I still really don't. But I began to pray. And I was like, I want to be so mad at that guy but I feel like he's right. Mm. I feel like I do. I have jailhouse religion. And almost instantly, I felt in my spirit the Lord um, saying to me, this is the only place that you let me in at all. And I didn't even know that was a thing. So I knew it wasn't coming for me because I didn't even know that was a thing. And, and I'm like, I'm keeping you out? And he's like, yeah, you're keeping me out. And... Uh, so I, I began to just seek him with this fervent spirit, you know, like I just wanted more than anything to know that th this God that could speak directly inside of my heart and in my mind, I'm like, this is amazing. I don't know how he did that, but I know that it's real. And uh, so I'm, t I'm trying to tell people, I'm trying to articulate it, which I, I couldn't, and I'm saying, something's different. Something's going on. I don't know what's going on, but something has changed. Something is changing. And of course they've all heard that all before from me because every time I was in trouble, this was my response. Yeah. So nobody can hear anything I say, but I get done with, uh, uh, my charges in Allen County and I moved to DeKalb County where I had more charges. And, uh, as I'm, as I'm going in there, there's like six or seven guys. We're in the processing cell and we're getting ready to, uh, get moved into the jail. And, uh, as you're doing that, you start conversations with a lot of people, maybe even people that you wouldn't normally be talking to. And, uh, so I asked this, uh, this guy, he says to me, as I'm talking to him, don't bother that guy on the ground there. And, uh, that was like my cue, at least it felt like it was, to bother that guy. I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm like uh, hey, buddy, what are you doing in here? And this guy hadn't even moved for the hours that I've been in this cell, hadn't even moved. And he comes up on his knees and he throws his blanket back and he's like, I'll tell you what I'm doing in here. I was walking down the street minding my own business. I mean, he was just so animated. Minding my own business, he says. And uh, the cops come up, they get loud with me, I get loud with them. Next thing you know, they handcuff me and they bring me in here. And he says, I was just walking down the street 
and he says, this is the land of the free. This, this land, has people have fought and died so that we can do this, walk freely around this country. And he said, and that's all I was doing. And, he's, and then he starts looking around the room and pointing at each person. And he's saying, he's saying, matter of fact, don't let nobody tell you that you're not important because you are important. And he's, he's like, you're worth a million bucks. You're worth a million bucks. And, uh, and, I, and I, I was like, wow, this guy is out there. You know, I, and so I turned to the guy to say to him, I'm like, uh, so I'm sorry, I shouldn't have got him talking, but, but as I turned to, to say that to him, he's not paying any attention. He's like staring at the wall and he's like staring at a wall where, um, like when people you're trying to talk to them and they're staring off into space, we've all dealt with sure, that, right? Yeah. And it's like they don't hear anything that you're saying to them. Well, as I begin to look around the room, I notice that everybody is in this state. They're staring at the walls, looking out the window. They're looking at the ceiling. They're wrapped in their blankets. And as I turn back to this guy, our eyes meet, and he raises his hand, and he points right in my face, and he says to me, it's time for you to awaken from your slumber. And I have no idea what this guy's talking about. And it scared me, quite frankly. And he's and he um so so I jumped back like, what did you say? And and it was like he was gone again. He just started pointing around the room, telling everybody they were worth a million bucks again. He's like, You're worth a million bucks, you're worth a million bucks. And uh um I was used to living in denial, so it was nothing for me to just mm. escape back into denial. And I just thought, if he doesn't know he said it, I'm going to act like he didn't say it also. <laughs> and, uh, um, well, the next morning, I get transferred up on the cell block. I uh, open my Bible. They give me my Bible back. And uh, I just felt like I was supposed to put my finger down right where I opened the Bible. And I did. And... And I began to read, and I had put my finger on Ephesians 5.14. And it says, Awaken you who slumber, for rise, and Christ will shine his light on you. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at in my life. I'm still figuring out, finding. Let me say it like this. I'm not figuring out anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm finding out, though, what that means, that um, the Lord is light. And he wants to shine on anyone that wants wants him to. Mm. And yeah, he's still doing that doing that in my life. Here it is, five years later, and he is just as present today as he was that day. I hear people all the time say, "I just ain't feeling it," and and I go through this too, like I was. And here's the thing: the Lord didn't move. It's always us. We're always the one that moves out of the light. And all we have to do is turn back to it. Man, yeah. that's something. That's powerful. And then come walking in here on a on a Friday night. Mm. <laughs> but a lot happened between that and this. I mean, you, you know, part of, part of, part of the, the what I love about your story, and I'd and I'd love I'd love for you to share that part is like <clears throat> with the transformation that happened to celebrate recovery for you. Like that was a yeah. that was a big thing for you, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 How'd you, how'd you get hooked up there? Is that something that started in jail or, or what? Um, no, that really didn't start in jail. We were doing Bible study, but when I got out, um, I was living with my mom, riding a bicycle and, uh, 
the Lord led me to celebrate recovery at a, at a woman's halfway house. And uh, I thought I was going there. I, you guys have probably seen this before, but a lot of times when people first have the Lord in their life, they're like, I'm a savior and I'm going to do these amazing things. Cause the Lord will show you a mountain. Yeah. And then you think that that's like the next step, but it's like usually <laughs> way, way out there in the distant <laughs> future. And so mm. I go in there with this attitude that I'm here to support and help and fix and lead. Interesting, and yeah. uh, mm. and I sit down in that seat and uh, and I knew almost immediately <laughs> the Lord was saying to me, "You uh, really need to be here. You're a mess." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so I was there for. Um, um, well, actually, I'm still there. Mm. I never, I never left. It was uh, about four and a half years ago now, and uh, and through that time, I would pray like, like because my kids weren't a part of my life, and so now my kids are coming back into my life, you know, and and I'm like, all of a sudden, I realize I don't know how to do this. Mm. So I begin to pray about how to be a father, and uh, but the Lord will answer you before you even ask. I don't know what scripture that is, but it's in the Bible. And, 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 and then I would pray that prayer and then I would go, that's why you have me here in this position because all these young ladies that look um, to me like as a brother or a, a, a father figure, but here's the thing, the interaction is making me to become that thing that I was asking the Lord and he already had me in the position to do it. And I'm like, wow, you already answered that prayer, didn't you? And, uh, wow, yeah, so, so it's just amazing how he works and how he, he prepares. Um, and then he gets us to the point of asking, which is, which is uh, amazing because you don't think you're there. And he's like, I'm already doing that. I'm already, I'm already, I've been working on that for a long time. And, uh, um, yeah, so let's see what else has happened in um, Celebrate Recovery. So it's actually how we became connected. Yes, yes, it very much is. <clears throat> it I was very there, much is. We were there one night to share, and um, I know I've shared this story a million times, but uh, maybe not a million. <clears throat> I walked in, I had the ability to share um, through uh, some relation of mine. And man, your face. So there's this room of, I don't know, 30, 40 people. And Eric is right in the middle of the group. And, you know, it's, it's a recovery home. So you've got people all over the map in probably what they're believing as far as what you're sharing and all that. You know, some people are, a lot of people are just completely disconnected. Like they're not making eye contact or anything. And this guy is like full smile. <laughs> wide-eyed <laughs> nodding his head everything i was saying and i was like this dude is currently high as a kite right now in this recovery home or he knows jesus <clears throat> and it was i mean I, I i'll never forget that night that was that was so crazy and that's how you and i got to know each other and um beca because you had i mean the, just listening to your story and what always amazes me is the power of God. Like that's a miraculous interaction that has, that has completely transformed your life. Um, the way that you're your ability to connect and hear from the mm. Holy spirit with such clarity. Um, and, 
and how it has the evidence of God's restoration in relationships, you know, working towards health through celebrate recovery and his power, you know, is just, it's beautiful, beautiful to watch. I know we've, I hope you don't mind me sharing that, but Chris kind of alluded to it. You came in with at least shoulder length hair, um, not many, if any teeth, right? Like I had a couple, a couple, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, what is, what is so fun for me and maybe fun's not the right word, but it is like, we're in a, context where we want to be with and love everybody. And that's going to include, especially those that are coming from dark places that are meeting Jesus or seeking Jesus. And we've on a Saturday night here, we've celebrated, you know, what, what was it a year ago or something like, Hey, two of our guys got teeth this week, you know, like that's not, but, but, but that's the beauty of, and and it doesn't matter whether you have a mouthful of teeth or not. But it's the beauty of like God just leads us into this life of, of redemption and restoration and health and it's it's powerful and it's so evident to see yeah. in your life. Yeah, and and that, and to me that's what worship is. It's not just celebrating the miraculous and the amazing. It's celebrating life and yeah. everything that goes along with life. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal for me for years and years and years. Not to mention the pain, but but just the. Um, the way I didn't like the way I looked because I didn't have teeth mm. and they, they were rotted out of, out of my head, you know? And, and it was a big, big deal for me to get teeth and to celebrate that and somebody else celebrate that with me. That's such a big deal. And it was so awesome <laughs> that you brought it up and, and yeah, we can get inside our, uh, we can get stuck and be like, Oh, I don't want nobody noticing me, mm. but, but here's the thing. It's not me. It's Jesus doing all this in me, and that helps me to accept it and to share it and to keep handing that out. And that's and that's man. And that's what I want to do with my life. I want to 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 show everybody that it's not just buildings. Mm. It's not. It's not um, um, mm. these wow. miracle things. It's the little yeah. things, and we get to worship Him everywhere we go because He's with us. Every, everything we do and you know when we're, we're doing something and it's not something that we want to do but we know that we have to do then guess what god put that in our life and we should do it with with joy mm. and we should do it with just vigor and and celebrate that whatever that is is taking you to where he's taking you and, and so yeah that's yeah. how i feel and that's why i believe Fun fact about Eric, you're 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 a pretty accomplished martial artist, aren't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Comedy, oh, come on! Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a showdown in Sherry Rue. So I don't even know what any of those yeah, mean, and say? I'm impressed. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say you're pretty accomplished. Is he? Is he? Are you okay? <laughs> it's a it's a first degree black belt in an Okinawan karate. So you could, so you could kill us right now with your bare hands. I, I think that's movies. <laughs> I think that's what they do in the movies. <laughs> if we attacked you, you could protect yourself. I could do that. Well, let's be honest. That. Chris and I are getting off the couch. Yeah. Right? So not, yeah, no, you're, no worries you're, here. You're safe here, Eric. Don't worry. <laughs> Man, well, Eric, thank you for thank you for taking us through that a little bit. That's a that's such a powerful story. Um, man. We, 
I've gotten a, you know, I, I don't know. We've 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 called out a couple things that that you know we love seeing that what the Lord's done. But one of the things that, even just in the way you shared your story just now, and I know it's only the three of us in the room here, right? But like, you you are infectious mm-hmm. in the way you do that. Your enthusiasm, your gratitude towards the Lord, like it shows in everything you do. And man, that's, that's that's for me. That's been like, yeah, at times of like taking. I'll just admit this. I, I, not that this is about me or anything like that, but at times of in my own life where maybe I've taken my recovery or or what the Lord's done. Like maybe I've taken it for granted, right? And like all it takes is just the Saturday night being in the room with you, right? And it's like, oh man, like it's as it's as fresh as can be for Eric, and uh, that's been a, a real big source of inspiration for me. And I'm sure for others, and uh, that's yeah, really grateful for that. And just for your your transparency and how you walk through things, can, can I? Can you tell the story of uh, the the hair tie, or the 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 you know what I'm talking about? Not the hair tie, the uh, uh, that thing you put through your hair to make the bun that you took from. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but no, like, no, no. like to, to to have walked with the Lord as as long and as deeply as you have, and then to stand in front of this church, I don't know how long ago, a year ago, and tell that story, like that was I'm, again, I'm not trying to embarrass you, put you on the spot, like, but that mm-hmm. was that was really powerful. Um, well, before before I got my hair cut off, which it, it's all cut off now, um. Not all of it. I'm looking around, and out of the three of us, I have you still have more hair <laughs> from the ears up, anyway, than everyone else here. So, um, okay, so when I had long hair, um, I was, you know, I'm a guy that's never had long hair before, so I didn't know how to, you know, I got tired of the ponytail. I'm like, this is pretty boring, and uh, and I looked for new things to do, and I remembered my mom Back from, I think, in the 70s, she had that wooden stick with the leather thing that uh, she would put in her hair. And I thought, man, that would be really cool, you know, instead of using a pencil or a pen, (laughs) I'll get this special stick to put my hair uh, in this man bun thing. And uh, and I still wasn't really sure how I felt about the words man bun, but jury's <laughs> uh, so, still out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was looking for the the right thing, and I was at Menards one day, and um, that it was it was in the fall. It was almost Halloween time, and they had caramel out. And if you bought the bag of caramels, you would get the sticks to make caramel apples for free. Well, guess what? I didn't want no caramels. I I did want those sticks, though. I was like, those aren't those are hair man bun sticks, is what those are. <laughs> and so I picked up one or two packages. I don't even remember now. And I had them in my hand, and I was like, well, I can't buy these, and they're free if you buy those. And I said, but if I have them in my hand and nobody says anything, maybe I should, you know, I could just. Um, <laughs> Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? I can I can free these sticks from Menards. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to use the word free in there for sure because I I thought and so somehow I talked myself into having those in my hand. Nobody said a word to me, and I walked right out of that store, and and my wife said something to me as I picked them up, and I think it was probably, um, don't take those. But what I heard was, 
nobody will know if you take those. Mm. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I do. And as soon as we got to the car, we sat down, and she goes, oh, and she gave me this this terrible look, and I'm like, what? And she goes. I can't believe you took those. And I'm like, I can't believe I took these. And I'm sitting there and I knew that I had just stolen. And uh, I got so good at justifying my actions. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I was telling myself, well, they're free, you know, mm -hmm. and I, it's not costing anybody money. And I, I said all, the, all these mm -hmm. uh, rationalizations. Well, and I get home. And I was feeling very convicted. I needed to take those back. And I was like, okay, I will tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow came and I'm on my way to work. And the Lord's, now the Lord's reminded me, said you were going to do that. I will, but I'm on my way to work, Lord. I will after work for sure. Well, I get home from work. I'm in the house and I'm getting ready to go to karate. In fact, I'm getting ready to go to the dojo. You need to take those sticks back. And I was like, Oh, I will. But after the dojo. And so I go to the dojo and I come home now, now I'm in the shower after the dojo have made no attempt at all to take these sticks back. <laughs> and I'm praying and the Lord interrupted me and he said, you need to take those back now. And I'm like, wow, he's pretty serious about this. <laughs> and I get, I get out of the shower and I, and I had to tell my wife, She's in bed already. It's yeah. nighttime. Yeah. Menards is open for 30 more minutes. And I go in there and um, I said, babe, I got I to gotta go to Menards right now. And so, and she goes, okay. And she knew, she <laughs> yeah. knew what was going down. <laughs> sure. I didn't have to say anything else. And I go back to, and so I get back to Menards and uh, well, hold on. I'm leaving a part out. Soon as I get out to my car and sit down, my phone rings. And it's a, another dear friend of ours that um, he, he says, how are you, brother? And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and, he, and I tell him the story. And all the way to Menards, he's talking to me. And at the end, he, he prays for me because I pull into the parking lot at Menards. And I'm like, what a dummy I am. I feel like such an idiot. I got to go in there and not just... Because I thought I could just go in there and set them back down and walk back out. Nope. That mm. was not how it was going yeah. down. <laughs> so I go in there and I walk up to the service desk and I say, I need to speak to a manager, please. And, uh, and, and the lady's like, both of those people right there are managers. I'm like, wow, two people. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was hard enough to do this with one. But I walk up there and, and I tell them, I said, uh, I um, need to confess something. I said, um, I got saved, you know, four <laughs> years ago and I took these sticks out of your store. And they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, my Lord does not like lying at all. He has zero tolerance for it. And so, mm. so I needed to come back in here and, um, what I would like to do, cause they're looking at me like, what do you want to do? What, you know, like, Okay. They didn't even know they how to thought react. you were evangelizing too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think they really Sticks knew are going to be think. props or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so there was this real awkward silence. And finally, what I said is, is what I would like to do is I would like to go over there and purchase a bag of your caramels so that I can uh, have these sticks 
legally, lawfully. And uh, he looks at me, and, and, and I did make the comment. I said, I know, I just feel like this is really stupid. And that guy did say, that's not stupid at all. That's, that's honest. Like, he had respect for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so after I asked to buy the caramels, there was another awkward silence. And he's just and looking at me. And finally, he says, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. And I said, okay, so you're not calling the police or anything? And he's looking at me like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We're not calling the police over these sticks. So that's what I did. Yeah, and wow. uh, I still have some of those caramels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I, that, that, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite <laughs> stories I've ever heard you tell. And just, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, the fact that, like I said, you, you've been walking so deeply with the lord let others in recovery all these all these things that like we can easily sit here and just keep talking you up and and then you stood in front of the church and like hey i stole something this week and here's how it went down you know and yeah. i don't know just just yeah just proof of the community that we have the community that we're building what you've contributed to that to just okay vul- vulnerability and honesty and like not not feeling like you've arrived at anything you know because it'd be really easy you didn't owe us telling that story like you never had to, you know, we would have never seen you any different. You know what I mean? Like, eh, I just admired that very much. Holding all that stuff in is like poison inside of us. Mm. Yeah. Uh, David said it best, right? My, when I, when I held it in my bones, wasted away within me. Yeah. Psalm 51. Yeah. Well, well, what I hear and just to wrap this first uh, episode up with you is hope. Um, I hear through your testimony, whether you as a listener are listening to this from a place of, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if there's any worth or value to my life. I don't know if things can change. There's hope. I think oftentimes people look at particular people that are struggling and hurting and broken and go, Oh, there's no hope for them. Mm. And just as you, as you shared about the, the officer that arrested you, that you've come back in contact with how many times we in that position, not as an officer, but we have people in our lives where it's like, well, there's no hope for them. Mm. And to recognize that there's always hope with Jesus. There's always hope for new life, for the light to be turned on, for the darkness to be shed and uh, we're grateful to that. So thank you for sharing your story, your testimony. Um, we'll come back next week and uh, round two yes. with Eric Cox. Looking forward to ding, it. Ding, ding. I don't know. It's, ding, ding. That's a boxing reference, not a. I like it. I yeah, was, I was he's, in for he's it. Not a, he's, he's karate. He, I, I was, he can kick our butt in other ways other than boxing. Anyway, <laughs> until next week. Bye. Peace. Peace. <laughs>